Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. Our scripture today is Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went to the Lord, had told him, went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old, and when he departed from Haran, Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah, and at that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country to the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by the stages toward the Negev. The Lord of God for the people of God. Um, I am... uh, going to offer my apologies to the choir for having my back right to you. I'm having a little trouble seeing, so I'm using a music stand because it's higher. <laughs> and I can, uh, but now uh, let's pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your, in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know about you, but I have become hopelessly dependent on GPS. So much so that I have used GPS to get to some place that I have been to before, and then uh, when it stopped working, I had no idea how to get home, even though I had been there many times before. Uh, Last year, about this time, um, my family, my dad, took um, our whole family to Stratford as a birthday gift to my mom. In fact, my parents are here right now, and um, also my aunt and uncle are here from Atlanta, so I'm just going to say that for a minute. But we were celebrating an important birthday for my mom, and so we all went to Stratford in Canada to um, see some shows and have a good time. And one thing happened that uh, Mike and I hadn't been expecting, and that was that we had to leave early, of course, on Saturday night so I could get back for church. And um, somehow, all of a sudden, we had no data, and we had no, why my phone didn't work at all. His, he still could make international calls. And so uh, he called and tried to get a hold of my brother, tried to get a hold of my dad. They were at a show. Um, We called a friend of mine, Um, and said, hey, we're trapped in Canada. (laughs) We have no idea where we're going, how to get to where we're going. Can you help us? Can you go on your computer and figure it out? Because, of course, we don't have a map. (laughs) And so uh, they tried to help us. We tried to drive so that we could see the names of the roads and 
everything, and that didn't work, and we just kept driving around until finally I said, maybe, maybe we should just stop and ask someone. Because <laughs> they, they might know, since they live here, how to get where we need to go. I don't know why it took me so long or took us so long to go to the right source for the answers. Maybe it's because I'm self-reliant <laughs> and I don't like to admit that sometimes I need help. Maybe it's because I'm so dependent on the phone that I just trust that everything I need is there and it would just come back on. Or uh, maybe I've gotten out of the habit of asking for help. I don't want to seem helpless. I don't want to seem stupid. I don't know. I think about Abram and when God told him to go. And I think, oh my goodness. I don't know if I could do that. Brenda couldn't. <laughs> She's shaking her head, no way. But the thing is, God said to Abram, go from the only land that you have ever known to a land that I have promised you. And I will bless you and I will bless your family and your family will be here for generations to come. He had no GPS. He didn't even have a map. He just spoke to God, the source, the one who knew the direction, who knew where to go. He had conversation. He spent time in prayer with him, with God. And it means that Abram listened. He listened to God. Now, I think just listening is hard. You have to be quiet to listen. That's hard. But also, we don't know how to just sit still and be quiet, right? We can't even wait in line without looking at our phones. I think about the airport, right? It used to be the airport was a great place to talk with strangers, right? You'd have all these conversations, maybe not for everyone, but for extroverts, <laughs> you talk with the neighbor, the people, and, and, you know, it's a great way. Even you can tell them about church, that kind of thing. But now everyone is on their phones, looking at their phones, having conversations on their phones, finding everything out. We don't know how to just sit and be quiet and listen, and um, we don't know how to turn it all off. And that tr translates to our prayer life, too. It doesn't seem natural to just listen to God Back in 2017, the Barna Group uh, released a study called Silent and Solo, How Americans Pray. And they found that 79% of Americans prayed in the last three months. The content of their prayer, gratitude and thanksgiving, 62% said that was part of their prayers. Uh, the needs of family and community, 61% said that that was part of their prayers. My health and wellness, 49%. Confession and forgiveness, 43%. Things I suddenly feel compelled to pray about, 43%. And 41% of people said that they pray about safety in my daily tasks or travel. Notice anything? There was no mention of listening to God. No, God, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do? 
And if we're honest, we're more likely to say, God, please do this for me, than God, what can I do for you? Why is that? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because um, we've been taught not to do that. We've been taught that if things aren't going your way, pray for it. If you need something, pray for it. If you did something wrong, pray about it and be absolved. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't pray about those things. Pray about those things. But we aren't taught to ask God how we can help. Or at least maybe we've forgotten. Maybe we assume that God doesn't need our help. Or is it possible that we don't realize that we have gifts that God needs? Ever heard that saying, God has no hands but yours? It's true. God wanted to expand the nation, to develop a relationship with the people that God created, and he needed someone who was willing to listen and follow and give. And so he called Abram. And Abram was willing to leave everything that he knew to follow God because he had been talking with God and listening to God, and he trusted that God would provide. He willingly listened, and he willingly said yes. Colonel Walter L. Smith, a U.S. Air Force uh, chaplain who's now retired, is quoted in our Generous Life devotion book. Um, Hopefully you got that last week. If not, there are some still in the back, and you can get that. Uh, You can see RJ after um, to get that. But Uh, He's quoted saying, It was during an official ceremony at the Balad Air Base, Iraq, in 2011 that I remember singing God Bless America, thinking to myself how fortunate I was to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I found myself standing a little taller, my chest swelling with pride, knowing that that evening I would have a comfortable place to sleep and a bountiful buffet of food waiting for my next meal at the DFAC, the dining facility. Waiting for my return back in Arkansas were a devoted wife and a very supportive church. I wasn't alone that day, and I felt blessed. This wasn't the case, however, with everyone in attendance at the ceremony. There were those who had left their finances in a mess. There were those who had left a relationship in shambles, and there were still others who were struggling with issues of loneliness. Try to imagine what would have happened if the blessed for this world took seriously God's announcement to Abraham that they were to pass along his blessings. Prayerful willingness is the starting point, he said. Abraham said yes, and the world was changed. Saying yes might mean the blessed help take on the burdens of others. Just like last year, We are again asking you to pray the prayer, God, how are you calling me to give? Now, I don't know what the answer looks like for you. You might not know what the answer is yet. But if we spend time asking and listening, I know that we'll get an answer. Sometimes the answer is more than we want it to be, and sometimes it's a call to sacrifice. It might not be at all what we expected, so praying, praying this prayer, God, how are you calling me to give, takes courage. 
In his book, The Generosity Challenge, Scott McKenzie, who is our generosity coach, tells a story about how he was working with a congregation who was um, having a building campaign. They were going to build a new church, a new church building. And in that congregation was a single woman who had been saving for years to adopt a child from South America. At the time of the campaign, she was working through the whole process of adoption and all the requirements um, that were needed for that to be met. And in the midst of their generosity emphasis, she began to pray, God, what do you want me to do? What are you calling me to give? And often she prayed while she was jogging. She would jog along and she would pray, and that prayer became a part of her routine And one of those days, she heard an answer quietly whispered, I want you to give the money you have saved for one child to a new church that many children might come to know. Me. Wow. Her her first thought was, well, that's crazy. Where in the heck did that come from? But after much struggle and doubt, she gave her saved money away to help build the new church, a church where untold numbers of children might come to know God. Tears ran down her face as she told her story of willingness, and in the end, her story wasn't one of anger and resentment about how she had lost and gave up. Her story was one of gratitude and peace, knowing that she was making a difference. The end of the story? The people in her church were so moved by her prayerful willingness and sacrifice that they spontaneously responded by giving her more than enough money to adopt her child. That's a real story. I don't know that I would have the same kind of courage as that woman, but I know that I have a God who has gifted me and blessed me and that I need to listen to how God is calling me to give. Her willingness to listen to God, to trust God, was courageous. It reminds us that we give in response to the question, God, how are you calling me to give? And when we do so, we are blessed. Now, I don't mean monetarily, though sure that can happen, Sometimes the blessing comes in just feeling good and knowing that you're making a difference and knowing that you're part of something and knowing that you have made your priorities a gift to God. Sometimes the blessing comes from knowing that what you are giving will provide ministry that impacts lives, that brings children to faith, that comforts those who are sick and hurting and feeds those who are hungry. Sometimes the blessing comes in just knowing that one day the ripple effects will reach others. We might not see them, but those ripple effects will continue. Sometimes it's knowing that there's a future for others. You know, there's this uh, story, and it's an old preacher story, one that we keep in our back pocket and that I may have told you before, but I love it, so I'm going to tell you again about an old man who lived in the woods, and he loved the woods, he loved the trees, he loved the solitude that it had provided him, he loved the shade, he loved the changing colors, he loved it all. 
And uh, he, every day, would go out to the end of the woods and plant seeds for sycamore trees. And there was a boy in the area who would watch this man and and how he would go out and plant, and the boy would shake his head and say, why is he doing that? It's not like he's ever going to see those trees. And finally, he asked the man, oh man, why are you planting these seeds? You're never going to see the fruit. And the man said, I have been enjoying these trees around me my whole life. And someone planted them for me, not knowing me. And so I am planting these for those yet to come. Sometimes we don't know how the blessing will bless. But when we put our trust in God, we know that will happen. And what we know for sure is that God doesn't call us to do that for which God hasn't already equipped us. Abram listened to God and trusted God, and God provided, and a nation grew. And God will provide for us too. And the ripples of our generosity, I know, will touch many in God's name to come. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.